This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome and Happy New Year from the Unseminary Podcast. This is episode 495. My name is Christine, one of the hosts of the podcast, and I am joined by Unseminary founder Rich. Rich, Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. So good to be together. 495. That's a lot of podcasts. Yes, you've been doing this for a while. For a while, yeah. we got a lot of good stuff coming up this month. We've got, well, you'll hear about it more in the future, friends. We've got some fun stuff that we're going to be doing here in January. All right, Rich, this time of year, I imagine that church leaders feel a lot of hope, um, possibly some nerves at the same time. How can this article help today? Well, you know, it seems like for decades we've been talking about how, you know, the church is in decline. You know, like this just goes back to like when I was in school. I remember, you know, in some ways it's like a strange industry to to say, yeah, I want to be a part of something that seems to be slipping off the table. Uh, but today what we want to do is give you some practical next steps. Um, I, really, I'm not content to just sit by and let people slip out the back door. There is no doubt that in 2020, when I look at kind of everything that happened at churches that we interact with, there is no doubt that there was a percentage of all of our churches that slipped out the back door, um, that they're no longer with us, and whether that's in online or in person, but I'm not content to just let that happen. I think we've got to lean in. And so today, what I want to do is to give you a strategic communications insight, some direction uh, to really help focus your church's effort and energy, particularly on the communication side, uh, because we, I really want to see those people come back to your church this year. Yeah, people are saying possibly that one third won't. Yeah, so there's all these studies. There's lots of these doomsdayers out there that are showing... <laughs> Um, you know, some statistics that say that a third of people left the church this year and will not return. Uh, and some of that, it, you know, comes from actual data where it's like, it's not just people being negative. It's like, yeah, we're, we're seeing that there are people who, you know, they stopped engaging in March mm -hmm. and they have not re-engaged. So here we are nine months later and they have not re-engaged. It's, it's fairly likely unless we do something, unless there's a pattern interrupt, those people are not going to come back. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked for years about this idea of breaking the cycle of non-attendance that that when someone first comes to your church a big part of what we got to do is just get them to come back a second and third time well the reality of it is we have lots of people who have stopped attending in any way whether it's online or in person we've got to take the ownership on our side to own that uh, so yeah we've got to own that and so that's what we're talking about today it's, it's this whole idea of recall all right, so what does the dentist have to do with church guest recall? Okay, so you know that I'm not a huge dentist fan. Uh, in fact, so the area that we live in, we're back in in shutdown, which I think means dentists are closed, which is a positive thing because I think I actually have a dentist appointment coming up, which means it'll get bumped. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not a huge dentist fan. But, you know, the thing I do love about the dentist is, have you noticed how good they are at recalling people? That, you know, you book an appointment six months out and, you know, you might write it on a little piece of paper, but then they're now texting, emailing, voicemailing, calling you to say, hey, we want to make sure that you come back. Now, we know that their kind of financial future is based on getting people to come consistently. And if if they get people to come literally every six months, six months on the dot, that's better for them. Uh, but I wish our churches were as good at, at recalling people as the dentist. Friends, we are way more important than clearing people's plaque off their teeth. We should be doing a better job. And so today what we want to talk about is recall. What can we do to help people recall, to come back uh, to our churches? All right. Well, you've got two myths to be aware of. Tell us about these myths. 
Yeah, so there's this really these two myths that I see floating around there. It's, I like to call them the snapback myth or the pent-up demand myth. I don't know if you've seen these floating around. You know, there's this idea that, um, that hey, what's going to happen is all of a sudden uh, it's all going to snap back to normal. That, um, that hey, you know, something's going to happen. Maybe, you know, vaccines are going to go through or, you know, some public opinion is going to change. And then everything's going to snap back to where it was in February uh, 2020. Friends, that is just a myth. There has been so much change go under uh, under the uh, the bridge, so much water go under the bridge uh, that it just is not going to be like that. Or this idea of pent up demand. You see this in the kind of entertainment, in the, um, you know, kind of in adjacent industries where they're like talking about like concerts and stuff like that, that there's so much pent up demand that all of a sudden everyone's going to flood back in. I read an article recently uh, that one uh, movie theater company saw a 91% decrease in revenue, 91%. Yikes. That's crazy. And what they're, what they're there, the CEO there was saying is like, no, there's just so much pent up demand. We're going to see it come back. I just don't know that that's true. I think both of those myths are based on magical thinking. Humans, you and me, we are creatures of habit. The best predictive behavior of what people will do tomorrow is what they did yesterday. People will sim- will not simply snap back to your church service once vaccines are widespread or the governments lift all the restrictions. Or if you're waiting for pent-up demand to drive people to engage with your p- church, frankly, you will lose people. We have always needed, it's always been our job to raise the value of engaging with our church in the minds of our people. And that is more important now than ever. So don't get stuck in this kind of snapback or pent up demand myth. All right. So obviously you think that recall recall is super important. Now, a bunch of churches would have just had new guests at Christmas. Isn't it enough to just try and get those people to come? Yeah. So that's a good question. So I'm trying to distinguish here. I, there's t- really, we should always be doing recall. And the kind of recall you talk about there is a good practice from a church growth point of view. Hey, guests come. Don't be disappointed if they don't show up the first weekend. Uh, that's not how humans work. Uh, they Lots of people came at Christmas and they checked their box. They're like, hey, we've we've come to church now. I've been, I've been, and, and we've got to work over months really to get them to recall. And so that, although that's kind of the, the principle that we're talking about here, what I'm talking about here is how how do we recall everyone who's ever engaged with your church in the past? And so that's really what I want to challenge you. Recall is simply raising the value of reconnecting people who have had some connection in the past with your church, whether that's in online or in person. And so it's, I really want to force us to think about reaching out strategically to people who have connected with your church in the past and inviting them to reconnect again. Recall is putting a particular emphasis on connecting with those people who are on the fringe of our ministry and trying to get them to take one step further. Friends, this is where I think you should be focused in your communication efforts in this coming year. Recall, what can we do to get those people to reconnect with our church, whether it's in person or online? All right. Well, unseminary articles are always super practical. What can listeners do to recall guests from the past? All right. So what I've done here is we put together five practical tactics. And what I'm trying to do here is do things that any church, regardless of size, 
can do. You know, although I do a lot of coaching and consulting with churches of, you know, I don't know, starting of somewhere around a thousand up to multiple thousands of people, every one of these could be done by churches regardless of size. So we've got five of these. And what I, frankly, what I would love for you to do is to do all five of these. I, I think these are all things that every church could engage with in this coming year. All right. So what do you got for us? What's the first thing we should be tackling? All right. Monthly postcards. Uh, if you've been following on seminary for a while, I know there's some people that are laughing because they followed along for a while and they know that I am a big fan of, of postcards. And I still am a big fan of postcards. I think there's something magical about these little pieces of postcards mailed to someone's house. Now, you know, when we were fully in person, I would often say, hey, postcards are a great way to invite people to service. But I think here what I'm talking about is actually mailing them out to people. And why am I a fan of postcards? Think about this for a second. What's the open rate on a postcard that gets mailed to someone's home? I could tell you it's probably... 10 times more than an email. You know, if, if you're getting 30% of your emails opened up, you know, it's it's going to be nearly 100% that are going to actually get a chance to see those. Or it's exponentially higher than any given social media post. On lots of, uh, you know, on lots of social media, you know, sites, we're seeing 1%, 2% of people who are engaged with us actually see those. Postcards are in, inexpensive to produce. Uh, and even if people are looking at them as they're going to the garbage or recycling, they still have done their job. They've got the message into their brains. So what if we committed this year to sending one postcard a month for the entire year? So literally every month, come up with another reason to get out in front of people. And these are all recalls. Now, the good thing is multiple times during the year, you already know what you could do. You could do Christmas, you could do Easter, you could do Mother's Day, you know, you could do, uh, you know, New Year, New You. You could get that out this month. You could do, you know, it doesn't actually take that many. You may have to come up with four or five during the year that you're not entirely sure what to do. That's not self-evident, but this would be a great thing for you to add to your system. Monthly postcards, love it. Okay, fun. All right, tell me about what to expect documents. All right, across the country, we're seeing a combination of obviously both in-person and online services. You know, we did a study last month of, uh, of executive pastors. You'll hear more about this in the coming weeks. And uh, it's really a minority of churches that have returned to close to anywhere of their normal in-person attendance before March 2020. It's a small percentage, single-digit percentage of, of churches that have seen that. One of the sticking points, I believe, is that we're not articulating clearly to our community what they should expect when they come. Church has always been a bit mysterious. It's one of those kind of weird things. If you don't normally attend church, you don't know what it's, li it's like. That's that's normal. That's that's the kind of, kind of in a normal time. That's what things are like. And so we've got to go out of our way to communicate that with our people. But on top of that normal opaqueness, you add the new guidelines that most of our churches are facing across the country. And, and in fact, the, you know, some of the hesitation that we see just about, you know, getting out in public and churches become more, more difficult to experience and has become more unapproachable than ever before. What to expect documents are simply simple documents that could be blog posts. They could be you know, websites, they could be uh, videos, just any kind of documentation that you're doing that goes out of the way to articulate to people what they can expect. It's what it says, what they can expect when they volunteer, when they drop their kids off in their kids ministry area, come to an event and so on. And so what I want to challenge you this year, every time you do something, let's put a, uh, let's put a, 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 a box in our kind of process for launching stuff where we say, Hey, don't forget, we've got to articulate to people what to expect when they come. This is like as simple as 
What happens when you come through the front doors of your church? Like, are you required? If it, What does mask optional mean? I've seen this in churches. I'm not sure what mask optional means. Unless you articulate that to people. Um, I'm really hoping that we see a, an uptick in kids ministry. This is going to be critically important in all of our kids ministry this year that we go out of our way to articulate what are the new regulations for kids. So friends, go out of our way to articulate what to expect when people come. This is a good practice anytime. It's a good practice for us to go out of our way for us to say, hey, to our guests, this is what you can expect when you come. But now I think more than ever in an environment of recall, we've got to work harder on it. I feel like it would be a good application for uh, an infographic that could be used oh, that's a multiple great places, social media, email, on the website, etc. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Love it. All right. The third point reads, social proof for everything. Yeah, more than ever, your church and my church needs to share public social proof about people attending. So what is social proof? Social proof is when third-party people, so not people that are on your staff, not people that are, not your social media manager, not, you know, these are people who, normal people who attend your church, uh, share why it's important for them to attend. So they're going out of their way to share online about the fact that they're showing up to your service. It's when your people uh, do that public sharing and that's seen not only by, by, by them, but actually by the public as well. This year, we need to build concerted efforts to encourage our people to share on social media the fact that they are attending church so showing uh, images of them at their weekend service, if you're, if you're just starting in-person services or, you know, this would be a great thing for you to incentivize your people to do. I got thinking about this recently. What if you did a hashtag challenge where it's like, Hey, every weekend, we're going to literally track everybody who uses whatever the hashtag is, attend our church, you know, whatever that, whatever that you want to say. And we're going to go through and we're going to, we're making a spreadsheet of all the people that do that. And if people do that 10 weekends in a row, then they, then they, or however many, five weekends in a row, then they get entered in a draw for something. They get entered in a draw for whatever that, whatever is good in your particular community. This is the idea of, um, you know, sharing images of them. And this is whether you're in person or online, um, you know, it going beyond just, Hey, can you please click the, the, the like button or click the, the, the thumbs up. This is actually asking your people to post social media content and then incentivizing uh, them to this. You know, again, long-time listeners know I'm a huge fan of Disney. Have you ever stopped and wondered why Walt Disney World is running at only 30%, 35% capacity? We know if you, you know, it does not take a business architect or, you know, ninja to, to understand that they're losing money at running at 35% capacity. But why do they continue to stay open? Well, they have doubled down on encouraging people to take photos as they're at the parks with masks on. One of the reasons they're doing this is because they need people to show up wearing masks. The crazy people who would love to go to Disney now, like me, I'd love to do that, to share on their social media feeds. Hardcore people will do that for now, but normal folks won't. They won't show up. But they need that social proof out there for an extended period of time so that that from the kind of hardcore people to then the medium core people to the just normal people will eventually feel comfortable returning to Disney World. So this, so the question for you is how can you encourage social proof in your people uh, in this coming year? All right. This fourth point feels like really good news to me. Big days are still a big deal. <laughs> Yes. Uh, having just gone through one, we actually, it was so fun on Christmas Eve. We got a chance, the four of us as family to host Christmas Eve and it was fun. It was 
fun to be together. Uh, our church is still completely online. We're, they just actually locked us down again on the day after Christmas, but we were online, fully online before that. But it was fun to do that. Uh, but it was a little bit of a bummer because we didn't have the big crowds, thousands of people showing up and the 11 services and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, big days are still a big deal. And we saw this even at our church. You know, we, um, you know, we saw an increased attendance online uh, in uh, at the Christmas Eve service. And, you know, you've got big days coming up, whether it's Easter or Mother's Day, fall relaunch, Christmas Eve next year. These days are, are important for us to focus a strategic recall effort. Uh, because two things happen on big days. One, your people are more likely to invite their friends and their friends are more likely to attend. So what can we be doing this year to encourage people above and beyond that we've ever done to recall them? Maybe it's calling everyone in your database. I know, just stay with me for a second. Maybe it's calling everyone in your database who has not attended service in the last year and inviting them to come to Easter three or four weeks. You got time to organize that now, the three or four weeks before Easter, getting out, getting out and actually calling those people. Or uh, maybe it's dropping a handwritten note to every mom in your church and inviting her to a special Mother's Day service. Or maybe it's sending a special invite box, you know, like a, an actual box, like all these subscription services are doing to every school age child to come to the in-person launch of your kid's ministry this fall or whatever that is. So for each one of those big days, we need to build a specific recall process to leverage the opportunity to invite, to invite people to re-engage with our church because people who are looking to return to life as normal and these big days are, you know, are kind of a harken back to a time before, the, the time before March 2020 and it's an important time for us to get out. So big days are still a big deal. All right. The fifth point is leverage the database. That sounds riveting. <laughs> Yes, for a people person, you love the idea of <laughs> leveraging the database. Listen, most churches have multiple times, four, five, five, 10, maybe 20 times as many contacts in their database than people who attend their church on a regular basis. In fact, you may have, you know, you might, this might be true at your church. Um, how are you leveraging that information? What are you doing to get back out in front of them? This is not the year to just warehouse all that contact information but this is the year to use it to invite everyone, invite every one of those people to connect with your church. Listen, I know there are churches with hesitation around over emailing people, over mailing people, over contacting people. This is not the time this is to, to still have those concerns. You've got to put those aside. You're paying for that database to store that information so that you can use it. This is the year, 2020 is the year to get back out in front of all of those people. If you normally only email people who have connected with the church within the last year, then this year, email everyone who's contacted you in the last five years. Or, or maybe you send a physical mailing out to everyone who's, you know, come in the last two years or the last five years. You know, whatever your kind of normal caps are in that expand them, get out in front of those people, release those kind of constraints that you're putting on it to get in front of it, to get in front of those people. The reality of it is contact information is sitting in your database unused is of no value to your ministry. Every one of those database systems, you're paying based on the total number of people in that system, total number of records. And if you're not using that data, you're just being a bad steward. You're wasting your church's money. So let's get out and use it. People gave you that contact information because they want you to contact them. No one <laughs> twisted your, their arm for them to give you their email address or 
fill out their at their address. Now's the time for us to red, red, reach out at all those people, get in front of all of them. Obviously, this wraps up with all the other points we're talking about, but let's be creative. Think about new ways that we could get out in front of the people who are in our database. All right. Well, thank you for that. I know I've got work to do in my role at our church, um, even on the database front. (laughs) Um, What is the next step that I can take after initial connection and follow up? Those are the things I'm thinking about. Rich, is there anything else you would like to add? Okay. So as we look into 2021, as we sit here on the precipice of a brand new year, there's no doubt that it's going to be a bumpy road ahead. You know, it's been kind of funny to see people, um, you know, that it's like as 2020 went away, there's this idea of like, oh, everything's going to fix in 2021. But we all woke up with the same problems, the same pandemic, the same people, the same money issues, all of that. That's all, all still there. As we wrestle with what it's like to have both, you know, robust in-person and online expressions, we will be facing new challenges this year. What's clear as we are out talking to churches is this is an issue. How are we all going to do both of those things well. This year, I'm challenging you to focus your communication strategy on recall, to focus our efforts on communication around connecting with people who've had some initial contact with the past, to freshen those up, to get those people back connected again. What can you do to draw those people who are on the fringe and get them into the core. Listen, you might be listening in today and you're an executive pastor. A special word for you. Um, we have got a this winter executive pastor cohort. It's a three-month experience. The very first one happens on January 13th. That's just next week. And this, man, th- this is like one of the best things that came out of the uh, COVID for me is it's a chance to connect regularly with executive pastors. We have, uh, at the time of recording, I only we only have a couple spots left. But if you would love more information, click on the link. You'll see at the bottom of the show notes, just click there to register. Again, we've only got a couple spots left. It's an opportunity for you to go deep relationally, to be challenged by other executive pastors, to, to find a community of people that you can bounce stuff off of. Uh, it's with myself and an, an incredible executive pastor, Christine Kreischer, uh, who, you know, you can like me, you'll love her. She's incredible. So again, uh, I'd love for you to check that out. If you are an executive pastor, we start next week. Awesome. Well, it's a great article for our listeners to share with other team members as we all head into the new year. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Unseminary podcast. You can find this and other helpful articles at unseminary.com.